Podcast. I am your host, David Graff. Today we're doing a little bit differently. We're going to talk with Michael Katz. Robert and I sat down, interviewed him, talked about Wyoming hoops so far. Asked him about the new offensive coordinator. Yes, Wyoming finally has an offensive coordinator. We did a deep dive on that last week, but we asked Katz about that as well. So enjoy this shorter episode where Robert and I just chat with Cats about everything Wyoming hoops and football related that's come through in the past few past week here. So, all right, we are joined now by Wyo Sports Michael Katz. It's been a while. It's been seemingly too long because I think I need more than one hand of fingers to count on the weeks that we have had since we talked to Michael Katz. Katz, thanks for joining us. Obviously, the Pokes did not play hoops. Last week, Utah State, the series with them got called off due to whatever you want to call it these days. Life, I guess, is how we describe it now. So the Pokes take on tonight New Mexico. What? How do you think they're going to come out tonight? First thing I want to say is uh, I think it's been so long since we last talked. Uh, Wyoming football team has had like five offensive coordinators just wanted to throw that out there. Um, but good to see you guys. Uh, yeah, it, it is interesting with, with basketball. Um, you know, one, it's, you know, uh, it, it's a road game at New Mexico at Air Force. So, I mean, the whole thing is just, it's bizarre. They haven't played in two weeks. They're on a four-game losing streak. Uh, and, you know, if you kind of – read the tea leaves a little bit about, you know, why last week's Utah state thing was canceled. It, it sounds like you know, Ian and Jeff Linder, you know, Jeff Linder wants to protect his players. And it sounds like he didn't really want to risk something happening given that Utah state had had positive tests, I think the week before or whatever it was, even though they were testing okay in the recent days, but it's, it's just, um, you know, there's four regular season games left on the schedule. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know how these games are going to get made up that they're supposed to have. So, you know, there's two series worth that Wyoming hypothetically needs to play. Um, odds of that happening, I think, are pretty low, given just the world we're in. And so I think for Wyoming, I mean, this is – and listen, are they going to win the Mountain West this year? Probably not, unless they go on a magical tournament run, again, in the hypothetical tournament. But, uh, you, you know, I think it's just, you know, they have not been playing great their, their last four games. And if, if, they, if there is a tournament, and right now there is, they need these four games to get back on track. Marcus Williams has played his four worst games of the year. You know, two single-digit scoring efforts. You know, he was he had a stomach bug uh, in in the last uh, in the Colorado State game. According to Jeff Linder, it was because he went to Sonic the night before. Uh, I'm not sure if I believe the facts behind that. I think Sonic is too bland to get anybody sick. But um, <laughs> um, but you know, they just you know they got schooled by San Diego State, and they kind of got put in place by Colorado State. And now you've got a New Mexico team that 
no matter everything they've been through this year without playing a single home game, is still really athletic and are the type of team that gives Wyoming problems because they're really good rebounders. And it's, I think it's a good matchup. You know, I know it says they're five and 11, but it's not going to be a walk in the park. And I I think for them to get back on track, these next four games is, is really important if they want to have any chance at, at doing anything in the Mountain West tournament, because I, I really don't think there's any gimmies in the Mountain West tournament this year, other than maybe, you know, San Jose state. And as I say that they're probably going to win a game next week against Wyoming. So, uh, I, the Mountain West is just so open. I don't think you can, uh, you get, I think you have to be playing really good ball heading into the tournament. And, you know, I, I think they'll come out pretty good today, but it wouldn't be the first time I've been wrong. There's yeah. New Mexico has nothing to lose. I mean, they're, they're just, they're just playing. Uh, like you said, the rebounding is going to be big. Obviously, but besides seeing how Wyoming comes out tonight, um, is there something else maybe you're kind of looking forward to, kind of maybe wanting to see from the Pokes? I I think, you know, their defense has not been very good the last four. Uh, You know, San Diego State – I think had two games where they shot close to 60%. And I know that San Diego state and they were hitting their threes. And when they're shooting like that, you know, it is what it is, but Colorado state was to an extent kind of getting what they wanted to. Um, And so I think, you know, everybody talks about Jeff Linder teams as being good three point shooting teams. They're good offensively, but what Linder, and he said this multiple times is, you know, his best teams in Northern Colorado defended really well, too. Um, particularly defended the three really well. And they're not there. and They, they haven't been, uh, you know, last few weeks. And, you know, this, uh, New Mexico is kind of all over the place sometimes. And, you know, this could be a good chance for them to kind of get back on track defensively because it's just kind of – it's been pretty atrocious. Um, you know, uh, I know they're young and, you know, they, they only have so many bodies to do five on five or I guess it's like five on three at practice since they only have like eight guys available, but um, the defensive effort has to get better. I mean, the offense, I don't think is really, could it be better? Of course, but uh, you know, when you're scoring in the seventies, you're going to be in every game, but um, the defense has just not been there. And, and I think, uh, I mean, I'm personally, I, I want to see if, if they've come back with a better defensive mentality, because uh, honestly, it's, it's kind of been missing the last few weeks. The Pokes are playing this matchup with New Mexico. Obviously, New Mexico has been traveling all over the Southwest to get their athletic events in this season, but football, basketball, women's basketball, golf, I'm sure. I, I don't know what other sports teams they have, but they, they've been going everywhere. This game's in Colorado Springs. Do you have any insight on how it got moved, ended up getting moved to Colorado Springs? Was Pueblo booked? That's a really good question because I, I was going through their, uh, their schedule, and they've been in Houston, Lubbock, 
St. George, and now the Air Force Academy. So I'm not sure why they didn't go back to one of the other places. Uh, I don't know how it ended up at the Air Force. Uh, I'm guessing it was probably just the best thing available. And uh, at this point, I don't think New Mexico can, or, yeah, New Mexico can be too choosy about where they play. Uh, you know, there was there was one game this year. Boise State played, it might have been San Jose State in like a high school like gym in Phoenix. And so it's it's just one of those years where I think if there are two hoops, I think you'll pretty much play where you can. Yeah, wherever it may be, outdoor courts, uh, who knows? But it's cold in Texas, apparently, so they can't be doing that. Um, you said something earlier about Northern Colorado and Jeff Linder's teams always defended the three-point line well. And another thing I noticed he said, I, it was it was a while ago, um, he said, we figured out how to rebound, how we're doing right now, how we're rebounding right now, we figured out how to do at Northern Colorado, and it worked. And, I mean, is do you think it's going to end up coming into i mean working for the pokes uh what they're doing right now because i mean i know i know jeremiah odin hasn't seen a lot of playing time as well but ek's been in there uh, grabbing boards but they're still getting out rebounded uh pretty lofty so i mean would i don't know what he's really talking about or what what that means but do you have any thoughts on that yeah i don't i don't know if it's i don't know if we see the fix this season um i i think you can philosophically try to do things where you have your guards crash harder um you know guys like ek do make a difference but you know it's not like he's grabbing 15 rebounds a night um you know i i i think this has to be a team that they have to be, I mean, I don't think they're going to beat anybody with positioning right now because they're just not that big um, other than EK. I, I think they really, if they're going to, if they're going to get the, like the tough rebounds, it just has to be all hands on deck crashing the boards. Um, and that's the guards. It's guys like Quan and Marble and, you know, Maldo's always done a nice job of, of doing that. And it's got to be Hunter Thompson uses this, using his 6'10 frame. Um, he's kind of been MIA the last few weeks. And, you know, I don't think it would hurt him to maybe rub some elbows down there uh, and, and kind of, uh, you know, you know, help out down there. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I've just always kind of gotten the sense that they're not going to quote unquote solve it this season because I, I think as as much as they want to do it from a philosophical standpoint, I just don't think the personnel is there for them to ever, you know, as currently constructed to be a, a great rebounding team. And I think for them, it's, they need to sort of stay afloat. They, they're not going to win the rebounding battle a lot. I, I think they just need to, be competitive in that department. And I think to do that, it's, I mean, they need, it's all hands on deck. It can't just be EK around the hoop trying to get rebounds and using his big frame. I mean, it has to be everyone possible uh, crashing the boards. And I think that includes guards in in, in Hunter Thompson. Drake is, uh, Drake's definitely 
been grabbing his fair share of boards and he's been doing well in that category. Going to EK, he hasn't grabbed over 10 boards in any of the five real games that he's played. He's played six, but I don't really count the first. He only got out there for nine minutes. I thought EK was pretty impressive against Colorado State the last time we saw the Pokes on the floor, especially in the last game in the second half of the series, if you would. What have your what have your what has your impression been of EK so far? It's funny because Jeff Linder and you always I'm always skeptical when a coach kind of talks a guy up as being like a real game changer. And it's like, you know, how much can a guy who hasn't played basketball in 14 months change the way you look? You know, I, I was skeptical. Um, but, you know, ha- has he completely changed the dynamic of the team? No, but he certainly changed the way they operate. I mean, he's the first real big man they've had. Uh, I mean, other than Maldo, who posts up from time to time, um, I mean, Graham Ike is like the only other guy who does it. Um, you know, he's he's got hook shots. He's he's got baseline turnaround jumpers. He's he's got a little bit of everything. And he, I think as he gets more comfortable, it's just going to get better. Um, and I, I think more importantly, uh, I know the defense has had its issues, but just his length up the middle. You know, it's not it's not like guys people aren't scoring, but it's making things more difficult on drivers. And I think that's at this point the best you can ask for. And the rebounding is great and the points are great, but I think he changes the complexion of of how opposing offenses can attack them um, just because his presence is so different from anything else that they've had so far. I, I, I've been impressed. Uh, again, I, was, I, I wasn't I was sure what to expect from, you know, an 18, 19-year-old who was coming off an ACL injury, uh, and a freshman at that. Uh, but he isn't, he's not looked out of place. He's, he's going to be a player, and, and I think he's going to be a really, really important piece in, in the coming years if, if they're going to get to where they want to be. We'll wrap up our hoops discussion. Now I got a couple football questions for you. Obviously, big news when you have 11 million coaches come through in a week. What did you think of the the Wyoming edition jerseys, the, the red, white, and blues? I personally thought they were fuego. I mean, a whole lot of state pride with those, but obviously they're not the traditional brown and gold. Yeah, I think – you're either in two camps. It was either you loved them or you were like, like you said, those aren't our colors. What are those doing? Right. I personally like alternate jerseys. Um, and that's cause I mean, I grew up like, I mean, come on, man. I grew up in, in Southern California watching the Pac-12. I watched Oregon, man. Like I, that's, we love, we love watching alternate jerseys in the Pac-12. Uh, and, and, and I think it was, I think they look good. I think they were clean. I think all of their jerseys have looked really good. Um, you know, um, Miranda, their equipment manager, has done an awesome job getting those those new things together. Um, I liked them, but I don't love when teams go away from their colors. You know, I'm, I'm a USC guy, right? So, like, if I saw SC not wearing Cardinal and gold, I would probably be sending angry emails 
calling whoever I know at USC, they wouldn't pick up, but I'd call. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, I think they look great, but I personally am a fan of, of, of keeping the colors, but I, I think I, I get it. It's state flag. I mean, state flag, state pride. It looked awesome. The only thing too is, looked a little bit close to what Colorado state flag is too. So it's kind of like, and Colorado state has those same jerseys kind of deals too. So it's kind of like a little bit of like Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man for a second. Like if they had both come out in them, that would have been hilarious. Um, but you know, that kind of is what it is. I, I, I think they look great, but personally uh, I'm a fan of, of, uh, of keeping the, the traditional colors. Yeah. I think they might've looked a little extra good in contrast with the Colorado State orange and green. It was just a weird day if you were watching that game and you had no idea what was going on in terms of what each team was wearing. <laughs> You're probably like, who, who are these teams? What, what's happening? Where are we? Uh, certainly out of character for Wyoming to just throw a curveball, especially without a baseball program. Let's move to the football program. Big news. Brent Vegan headed to Bozeman last week, and Wyoming immediately filled his spot with Tim Polisek, who's been on the staff with Craig Bull before, not at Wyoming, but in North Dakota State, where they had an unbelievable amount of success that is still rolling for coaches today. What, what was your initial reaction when you heard that Polisek was going to be the guy coming in and replacing Vegan? Well, my initial reaction was, what a week. Or what is 72 hours? Uh, that all just – there's avalanches, and then there's, like, what that was. I mean, that just happens so fast. Um, you know, I think there's there's two camps with this hire. There were – there's the people who really want the offense to, quote, unquote, open up, right? There's the people who are like, it's 2021. Everyone else is going five wide. Why don't we do a little bit of that? Let's be honest, that was not going to happen. That's not Craig Bull. Craig's never – he jokes, he says, we're never going to be an area team. And I, I think – I believe him on, on that one. I don't think they're ever going to be doing that. But, you know, I, going through what Tim Polisek did when he was the offensive coordinator at uh, North Dakota State, you know, obviously North Dakota State's a well-oiled machine. Uh, you know, everything would kind of has worked there over the last decade. But you know, his quarterbacks were Carson Wentz and Easton Stick, both guys in the NFL now. And, uh, you know, they never, they never threw for a ton of yards, but they were really, really efficient. They were in the top – I think in his three years, they were top ten in passing efficiency two of those years. And I, I think that's – the most important thing is just elevating the quarterback play, not to a point where you're going to have a 4,000-yard passer or a guy who's throwing, you know, 30, 40 times a game. But I think it's it's what Craig said. It's getting that completion percentage up to around 60 at least. It's it's compl- it's hitting the play action shots. It's it's knowing that you're a running team because that's what they are. They're power running, and that's that's what North Dakota State has been for a decade. They've been they've run the heck out of the ball. Um, but the quarterbacks have been really good when called upon. And I, I think that's, I, I just get this feeling that 
you know, for all the good things that Brent Vegan did, I, I think there were times when maybe the quarterbacks maybe weren't put in the best position to succeed. And what I mean by that is, you know, last this past season, they ran 78% of the time on first down and 64% of the time on second down. When you're that predictable, your quarterback's going to be putting some bad spots on third down. Um, and I, I think, you know, is the philosophy going to be so much different from Brent Vegan? No. I mean, Tim Polisek is a vegan understudy. You know, they, they, they work together. But I think he has a little bit of a different eye on on, on how maybe you know, on how to call plays, on, on how to kind of work with quarterbacks. Um, you know, he was just at Iowa. Obviously, he was an offensive line coach there. He had never coached offensive line, which is kind of incredible since Iowa is like the O-line factory other than maybe Wisconsin. Um, and he, you know, he's turned out some studs there. Um, but you kind of look at what Iowa has been, um, you know, they're that hard gritty team, but they've actually had pretty good quarterback play the last few years with Nathan Stanley and, um, you know, guys like that. And, and I think in a perfect world, Craig's football team looks kind of like that, where they play great defense, they run the ball, but they can, they can throw when they need to. And I think that style, uh, I think, you know, Topolasek is, is going to bring that sort of idea to uh, to Laramie. And, and I honestly, I think all things considered what the hire was going to be, it was never going to be, you know, Kevin Sumlin or like, you know, one of those crazy names that fans happen to throw out sometimes on uh, Twitter.com. I, I think all things considered, it was a really good move because it doesn't stray super far from what they want to do but I think it's going to be a nice wrinkle and I think it'll be a fresh change for everyone involved. Yeah. We're certainly excited for the fresh change need to inject some meat back into our life. No offense to vegans out there, but uh, thanks cats for your time here this morning and for uh, talking with us about pokes hoops and uh, the new offensive coordinator. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me guys. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Wyo Sports' Michael Katz. We really appreciate him coming on. It's always a great time talking to Katz. Look out for a shorter episode later on this week where Robert and I talk about the high school hoop scene, primarily down in Cheyenne, because we know Robert's, he's got his pulse to the ground, ear to the floor, however you want to describe it. He does a great job covering the high school hoop scene down there. So we'll talk to him about all of that. I also just want to take a moment to apologize. I know the audio quality of the podcast has been kind of up and down lately. Sometimes we're recording via Zoom and sometimes we're recording via phone call. I haven't quite been able to set up the home studio setup that I had when I was in California and in Missoula. So that explains that, you know, we're, I'm just recording the podcast from different locations here in Casper. So we're going to try better, make this as crisp and as clean as we can possibly get it. Appreciate your patience and appreciate everybody who's been rating and reviewing the podcast, subscribing as well. All the support, it really means a lot. So I just want to say shout out to Shakewell for the music. Talk to you soon.
trying to prove uh, uh, who you want to impress now, baby. I see you think you've got moves so smooth, but you do not have what it takes to pass this test. So you better forget everything you know. It's I get less is more official. Baby 